Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Catherine Gray. And today I have on two powerhouse ladies who came together to create a company called Power to Pitch. And they help women knock it out of the park when they're pitching for funding. Please welcome to the show, Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good and excited to be here. Good. Me Thanks too. for having us, Catherine. This you is great. bet. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of you all. And, um, you know, it's key that people or women especially uh, know how to pitch, know how to put their pitch deck together. And I'm excited to get into that and talk about it. But first, a little bit about you two. Uh, you have both have an incredible background. Uh, Kat, I know that you right out of college started a business out of your dorm room and then ended up selling it. And uh, that was after winning like 22 pitches. So it seems like it made total sense for you to launch this business to help other women do it, you know. So I, I but I love that you're using that success you've had to help other people. Thank you. My uh, parents used to joke that I should pitch for a living instead of actually running the business that because that be became one of my superpowers. So I'm just excited to share all of the tips, tricks, mistakes, lessons learned along the way. And so others don't make the same. That That's awesome. And we really need that. And Katie Dunn, wow, you bring so much to the table in this duo. Uh, you've had 25 years of working in, uh, you know, bringing billions of dollars in the uh, real estate industry through banks and institutions. And um, I know you're an angel investor yourself now. Uh, so, so cool that you all teamed up with your strengths uh, that bring a lot to the table when people work with Power to Pitch. Yeah, it really was a natural fit when Kat and I met and we had a, a one of my founders hired Kat to help her with a pitch, put us together and said, you guys just need to meet. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it has been totally a fate. And, uh, you know, it's great because I can bring the investor perspective. Kat's got the founder and storytelling perspective, and it really we can help way more founders this way together. I love it. And I know I've sent some people your way that, you know, you definitely help these ladies because, you know, when somebody decides to start a business, um, they don't necessarily have those skills. Maybe they just have the great skills of inventing or creating a product or whatever, but going out pitching for money is a whole different thing. Um, and I did note that you both went to some amazing schools of uh, Katie, it looks like you uh, were at Yale and um, uh, Kat, you were at Cornell, right? So I did my undergrad at Grand Valley. I played tennis there all four years. Oh, wow. Uh, I wanted to go into medicine, but then switched to entrepreneurship on my accidental invention. Uh, and then actually did uh, women's in entrepreneurship programming at Cornell and then also of uh, VC University at UC Berkeley. So a couple other side programs on top of my undergrad. Right, right. Yeah. And I went to Notre Dame undergrad 
um, did grad school at a small school called Roosevelt University in Chicago. And then my Yale experience was also executive education. I did the women on boards program there, which was amazing. Uh, you know, Kat and I both share the the um, obsession with continuing to educate ourselves and invest in ourselves in that way. And it's, it's, I, I just think that's a great way to, to keep continuing to be fresh and learn something new. Absolutely. We should always be learning and growing, right? I mean, the world is changing at this rapid pace and really in order to keep up and be competitive, you really have to be learning new stuff every day, right? Yep. Yeah. We, we look for coachability in founders, but also if Katie and I aren't coachable, then we're not learning and growing. Like we have mentors and, and coaches too. So it's helpful to be surrounded by people with similar mindset. Yeah. I'm in that camp. So I, yeah, I definitely always think a outside party can give you new perspective, new ideas, you know, constantly, you know, you need like a sounding board and it not isn't always necessarily family or friends, right? It's good to have that, you know, person that is outside of that sphere, I think. So yeah, big proponent of having a good executive coach for sure. Um, also, I know people are going to ask Kat, they'll be thinking like I did, oh, well, what was that business she started out of her dorm? So I, I was looking that up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I think it's called Locker Lifestyle. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I, one day after college tennis practice, I had my stuff stolen out of the gym locker and I just needed my essentials. So I ended up, I didn't want to be the fanny pack girl. So I ended up inventing a wearable wrist wallet, patented a couple of other products because I just wanted the basics with me and I needed them to be performance. I'm, you know, running the gym and class and tennis. I just need my ID, cash, keys and phone. Like that was it. So I, my mom had a bridal store at the time and I was able to go in and work with her seamstress and learn how to sew and go through all the designs. So it happened, you know, I just, I had to be scrappy, which is how the business survived is I learned to pitch it in a clear and concise way. So I ended up doing retail, Amazon, Good Morning America four times, had 10,000 plus units of inventory shipped in a semi-truck to my parents' garage before I was in a warehouse. Like I did all the nitty gritty things. I made all of the mistakes, but I am so, so grateful for all those experiences because now it led me to better support founders that we work with now. I love that. So you just saw a need and you created the product and, and then it was kind of off and running with this demand, huh? Yeah, we would not be here. If I had found something online, I would have bought it and been off to organic chemistry class <laughs> and we would not be talking right now for sure. Wow. So it was, it, I was obsessed with looking for it and it seems so simple. And then when I would go to farmer's markets, when I started on the side, people were like, oh, wow, this is so easy. I should have come up with this. And I was like, well, you didn't. And that's why we're here right now. So, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and why, why you had that business? You did 22 pitches that you won. Yes. My claim to fame is I won 22 of 23 and I was so fortunate. What was, wait, what was wrong with that 23rd one? <laughs> Again, that's a lot of questions I get asked. It was funny. <laughs> the, the, so it was up against another female founder and she absolutely deserved it. She's practically saving the world. She has insane contacts and insane traction. So I 
I do not feel bad about that loss by any means. She absolutely deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) But 22 wins. That's amazing. I know there's a lot of listeners out there wanting to get funding that would love to win 22 pitches. So uh, I I love that you and Katie have teamed up to help people do that. So let's talk about that. And and, uh, Katie, with your background, um, what is it? uh, I I know you're an angel investor, too. So um, what is it that you like to encourage women who are pitching? Uh, you know, what is the perspective you like to bring to them? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. So my, I, I invest uh, primarily in women and underrepresented founders. So the confidence is the biggest thing. I, I think that we, we hope to build in, uh, in, in the founders that we work with. We, we know that, this world is outside of what you're trying to do in the day-to-day as you're building your business. And it can take up so much time and effort and you can be pitching to the wrong people and get a lot of disappointing no's. So understanding the process, understanding the language to use, understanding how to approach somebody, how to follow up with somebody, all of those things can really boost the confidence as you're pitching and going after the money. Absolutely. Great advice. And, you know, Kat, I will say, uh, I love your posts on LinkedIn. Uh, Everybody should be following you too on LinkedIn. You guys give great posts, great information. They're always informational. I love the one you did today about, you know, pitching someone like a Costco is similar to pitching a venture capital firm. Uh, So, you gave all the checkpoints of what they're looking for and it's just invaluable information. So, you know, bravo that you guys are using social media too, to, you know, put out interesting information that is supportive to those looking, those women looking for funding. Um, so, uh, what would be your advice, uh, if someone is just starting out and, you know, they need to put their pitch together other than, you know, the fact that, Obviously, they they need to get a hold of you all at Power to Pitch and learn how to put together the perfect pitch. But I know you said even sometimes it doesn't even require a deck. So, you know, tell us all about that. Like what's somebody's out there, they have an idea, they need funding. Where do they start? Yes, that's an excellent question because a lot of founders think that, oh, I'm going to spend so much money for someone to design me this pretty deck. And it ends up needing to change. It takes away from the founder actually showcasing the story. It outshines them. And then they don't know how to fix it and actually speak to it. So we are founder and communication first in everything that we do. So you should be able to verbalize, be clear and concise without needing to rely on the deck as kind of a crutch. So that's the number one thing that we teach is focus on the pitch first, focus on the communication Throw out the current deck you have because it's probably going to change. Do not touch that until you are super clear and ready in your actual pitch and the order in which you say things. It's super important. And a lot of founders don't realize that your audience is investing in you before what you do. So we teach them that, you know, your experience, your qualifications, all of that is crucial in the pitch versus you just wanting to share all these random stats and project these insane hockey stick growth and, and all those you know, add in all those buzzwords, it really doesn't do them any good. So in terms of where to start, it's, you know, we help founders with their, the pitch first, what it looks like to work with an investor, that relationship management, then we bring in the deck, then we bring in potential Q&A and due diligence, and then connect them with investors in their industry. So we want them to check those boxes. And so for a founder starting out, it's like focus on yourself and how your story 
ties into the pitch and how you can clearly communicate that within seconds. Now, uh, when people, when women come to you, what is the percentage that already have a great deck and what is, you know, like what percentage really need your help? I, I would say, well, first and foremost, we tell them, we don't want to see your deck. We don't, we, it's not, oh, that's not important to us. We want you to first focus on what you say and how you say it in the order in which you oh, say things. Okay. So we, what, what I say 10 times a day is don't throw it away. You may reuse parts, but just put it to the side for now. And let's focus on, on the pitch first. I personally have invested in at least, I, I was thinking while Kat was just talking, I've, I think I've invested in at least four companies without seeing the deck. I've written the check before I've seen the, the actual deck. Wow, so the, the cat said this, but it is so critical. It's for me, when I'm looking to invest in somebody, it is 100% about the founder first. Do mm-hmm. I trust them? Do they have, do I have confidence in them? Do I think they're going to be gritty? Do I think they're going to be coachable? All of those things are, are so much more important to me even before the business itself. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I've heard that so many times that it, first and foremost is who is the founder. And then the rest is, you know, what else the rest of their team or, you know, uh, just, um, you know, what is the product itself, of course, is important. But key is is that founder. And and like you all said, are they able to effectively pitch their business? So would you say the majority of people that come to you have a good pitch when they pitch it to you? Or would you say, you know, 80% need to fine tune it? So we have not met a single pitch and or deck that we cannot improve. I, and we guarantee that we will make a change. I mean, it's, this is something we're obviously very passionate about and we do this for a living and there, there's always something that can be improved, whether it's your storyline or the organization or talking about your market or we're going to poke holes. We're going to find the gaps. And we're happy to do that because it's only for your benefit. And we want to do it before an investor does it to you. So I would say that, you know, if a founder doesn't work for us, they're either, you know, they're too early or they're not willing to be coachable or they're not as passionate about what they're doing. And then they're not passionate. We can't be passionate. So we want a founder to check those boxes. And like I said, every single founder who we work with, we have 100% of the time have improved the pitch and deck that comes along with it. I love that. I love that. And and then like Katie was saying, it boosts their confidence because then they feel more prepared, right? And you're walking in that room with confidence. You're more likely to get that funding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you all say you specialize in pre-seed to seed. Um, let's explain to our audience what that is. What is pre-seed? What is seed? I always like people to learn new terms that perhaps they don't know what they mean. You want to take that one, Kat? Or do you want me to do it? Uh, Either way. Um, so pre-seed, we, the, the pre-seed can be pre-revenue. Pre-seed is really, really early stage. It can be, they just have the concept, but they haven't started the business yet. Yes, correct. So that that's like very, very early pre even MVP, possibly up to the stage of, you know, maybe they even have some pre-sales. They're still testing. You like said they, pre MVP. What does that mean? Pre um, like an minimum viable product. 
So there, there's kind of three terms, product market fit, fit, minimum viable product, and proof of concept. So those, we want to make sure they have proof of concept uh, in before at the pre-seed stage before we work with them. So it may be a little bit early, but you you know it's going to work because you've got done hundreds of of in, uh, customer interviews or you've got letters of intent to buy the product. You've got people that have signed on the dotted line saying, as soon as this is built, we're going to take it. Or maybe a crowdfunding campaign where everybody is excited about the product. Would that be considered? Yeah. I was going to say that some VC firms, they have their own definitions. Like you can't Google, there's no in the box specific actual details. Everyone kind of has their own bit of definition, what that actually is. So just thinking of it as a whole, it's like, okay, pre is, is super early. They're just hitting the ground running. They're typically raising under around a million dollars, if not, you know, even 250,000 or so, which is mm -hmm. small to a VC fund itself. And then the seed stage is typically around you've gotten sales or you've gotten a certain level of traction, validation, customer emails, testing, and you're raising anywhere between one to 5 million. That doesn't mean that you have that revenue. That means that you're typically raising between that arena and you've got the validation, the traction to make and justify the ra that raise amount per se. So when people are pre-seed or seed, uh, at what level do you think they're qualified to go pitch venture capital? Or do you think pre-seed is better to be pitching directly to angel investors? We, we suggest all of the above. There are a lot of VCs out there that write smaller checks that want to invest really early because then they're going to look to 50, 100 times their investment. Um, so they're willing to take that risk to be along for the ride. Uh, but we suggest everybody, family offices uh, and angels, VCs. The other thing we really encourage people to do that we actually curate a list of grants for our, our clients to anything you can do to get non-dilutive funding to push your business along. I mean, that's exactly how Kat grew her business, winning over $100,000 to run your business by pitching is incredible. So, right. So you, and there's a saying, lot of good money out there. So you're saying not just pitching angels, but you could be pitching for grants. Yep. And then uh, those grants, when you say non-diluted, Funding means uh, they don't have to pay it back. It's a grant. Uh, so you don't owe any investors back. Um, I always say, you know, people don't have to necessarily bootstrap and get themselves in debt uh, when there are these options that you're talking about, like getting grants and uh, working with you all to know where do you find uh, those grants that are out there? Because I think people say, oh, I'd love to get grants. I don't know where to begin. It, right. Um so absolutely, that's wonderful advice. And then uh, you were saying uh, some of the venture capital firms do look for uh, pre-seed. Um, and then you mentioned family offices. Do you want to explain to our listeners what family offices are? Sure. So they, uh, this is a wealthy individual who has created what they call a family office to make investments on behalf of um, their family trusts or their, the money that they've made personally. So a lot of times they'll have a thesis. A lot of times they'll have 
specific businesses that they're they're looking for that have um, an impact mission, uh, very similar to Angels. In fact, so it's a uh, just it's just another source of capital out there um, of somebody that can help. Mm-hmm. We typically see them going in at the later stages. It depends. Each have their own thesis and they're very clear on their guidelines and mission. And then it's easier to figure out, all right, how am I going to fit into this thesis per se? Because that's exactly who and what they're looking to support and at what time. So they should be very clear and you shouldn't approach them until you know exactly what they're looking for. And when you say thesis, let's, uh, you know, even let people understand what that means so they don't waste a lot of time. So one of the things that I think you two do is help people find the right fit of which family offices, which venture capital funds, which angel investors have a thesis that would include what they're doing, whether they're doing something in tech or fintech or health tech, or maybe they're a consumer product good. Um, you know, I think people waste a lot of time asking for money from the wrong people because they don't understand what the thesis is and, and how important that is and how to find somebody that has a thesis that would want a product or, or invention like they're promoting. When you say people waste a lot of time calling on the wrong people. Oh, 100%. The amount of founders who think they can buy a big email list of investors and shoot out all this bit of random information, instead of sending out, they think, oh, I'll I'll shoot out 500 emails to investors and see what clicks. You're better off coming up with a list of 50 or 100 of super targeted and strategic partners than wasting time doing that because they are not going to give you the time of day. You burn the relationship. you're You're wasting each other's time. It makes no sense. All firms, angels are clear on stage, check size industry, you know, what they're looking for, certain parameters, um, founder type, founder type. I mean, some are okay. Female led funds. Some are underrepresented founders. Some are, you know, B2B SaaS and they're super niche. So that is all typically public information. So a lot of founders, they just, they, some don't know and others are just lazy. And I think it's good to work with people like you too, also, because you all know, you know, which firms, which angels, which offices are uh, looking for what type of investment. So it saves them a lot of time, right? Because that's a lot of research trying to figure out what the thesis is for all these various people. Uh, Katie, I know you're, you're, you like to invest in CPG, com- consumer product goods um, and, and tech, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody comes to you with, you know, something outside of that circle, you're probably not going to invest in it. And so that's another great reason to work with these two powerhouse women, Katie and Kat, power to pitch, because they can help you not only fine tune their your pitch, but also align with the right people to pitch, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we spend half of our day is speaking to founders and the other half of our day is speaking to investors. So we're always getting the the perspective of who's writing checks, what are they writing checks for, what are they looking for, and we can be very strategic with the founders that we work with in and in not getting the disappointing no, no, no. We're they're getting a oh yeah, this is this is right in my wheelhouse. So we want to see that more of that and faster get them funded faster. And right. a really great comment we got recently is a lot of our investors tell us that, hey, you know, we want to know who you're working with because those founders go to the top of our list. 
because they know we've curated them, they're strategic, they're not going to waste their time, they understand how the process is. So we make the process so much more efficient and we're essentially vetting on both sides. And I love that because uh, there's nothing like a warm introduction either. Yeah, that's the best way. (laughs) That is the best way. I mean, that's key. I know that works in my realm as well. When I connect people in a personal way, it usually, you know, has a good result. Um, And, and, you know, I love what y'all are doing because we all know, and, and we have a film coming out called Show Her the Money, which is about how underfunded women are. We get, you know, 2% of that venture capital funding. And I love that uh, women like you all and our entity, of course, She Angel Investors, we're all in this together to try to move that needle, right? And I know we're going to do that. I know we are. The more opportunities there are for people out there, women out there to work with experts like you two, uh, the more women are going to get funding because they're going to be better prepared. I think, you know, for decades, men have been getting funding through venture capital and one buddy's helping the other buddy. And now it's time for women to start helping women uh, make them aware of this uh, you know, world, not only for funding, but also women are coming into trillions of dollars in the coming decades. We want them to be aware of angel investing and how they should become limited partners in these new, uh, not only uh, the existing venture funds, but all these new female founded funds, right? It's a very exciting time to be in this space, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the more women we can get on cap tables, the better, Catherine, as you know, I, it, that, I encourage everybody, um, including Kat, to to be investing now and to be getting, you know, getting on the cap tables and helping these women push them along. They're women businesses. There are, you go. No pressure, Kat. <laughs> Actually, I I did um, recently make my first angel investment. Yay! Uh, so more to share soon once I'm able to make it more public. But no, just seeing what Katie's doing, it's inspiring, and you can see what that looks like, and you want to pay that impact forward. So um, yeah, so so excited to be able to do that. So. Yeah. I think people can learn so much. These women can learn so much from you too, both on uh, the pitching side and on the funding side, becoming an angel investor. So, hey, thanks so much for being on the show today. I hope people check out powertopitch.com. Where do they find you on social media? They can find us on our YouTube channel as well at Power to Pitch or uh, myself, Kat, K-A-T Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R on LinkedIn. Yeah, I love LinkedIn and I love your posts and everybody should be watching them. Uh, Find Kat Weaver, find Katie Dunn on LinkedIn and uh, definitely check out PowerToPitch.com. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, I refer whoever I can to them because I do think it's the first stop in where to go to help get your funding. Um, Of course, you can follow me, Catherine Gray, on LinkedIn as well and follow our company, She Angel Investors, on social media. And uh, of course, our podcast, Catherine Gray, invest in her on Instagram. So we will see you all on social and we look forward to having you get together with Kat and Katie, power to pitch and go out there and get your funding, ladies. Thanks for tuning in and make it a great week, Kat and Katie. Thank you so much for being my guest today.